We're going to need over a million commercial truck drivers in the next 10 years. Where will we find them? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. The nationwide shortage of commercial truck drivers was a problem long before COVID-19 hit, but the pandemic has only served to make it worse. The U.S. is said to be about 80,000 drivers short of what's needed to meet current demand, and more than half the gap anticipated in the coming decade will be caused by retirees. So what to do? Today, I'm joined by Trey Williams, CEO of Fleet Force Truck Driving School. He'll help us to understand how we got to this state of affairs. It's not just the result of poor working conditions, by the way. Where we might find new drivers and how we can attract them into an industry that's suffering from a definite image problem. He'll also upend some common perceptions of the truck driving life. Here's my conversation with Trey Williams. Trey Williams, welcome to the show. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Today we're talking solutions to the truck driver shortage. I just want to start out by asking you how you think that we fared in terms of driver availability in the just-finished holiday season. (laughs) It's a good question. I think this holiday season was really a testament to the strength and the endurance and the resilience of the American supply chain. Every company I know who hires Class A or Class B drivers, for that matter, is in need of employees right now, is in need of drivers. And despite the fact, I think most folks, Santa Claus made it without a hitch. So it really is kudos (laughs) to everyone on the road out there. And I feel like it went really well. Yeah, there were a lot of dire predictions of packages were going to arrive severely late. Of course, that caused a lot of people to do their shopping early. So maybe that helped to alleviate the problem. But I didn't hear, despite all the usual dire descriptions of the truck driver shortage problem in general, I didn't hear about any great disasters during the season. Nor did I. And I I really think that's a result of the fact that There's been a driver shortage for a couple of decades now. I think America was just unaware of that shortage until last March when everyone was looking for toilet paper at their local grocery store. And then suddenly they became very aware of how important drivers are to everyone's life and livelihood. So I think that that shortage was built in the supply chain. And despite, as you say, those dire predictions, I think with with, uh, maybe with a few Subtle nuances here and there. It went really well. I was really pleased, and I think everyone else was as well. By the way, let's define our terms here. Are we talking generally about drivers of the big 18-wheelers, the big tractor-trailer combinations, or are you also involved in drivers for smaller vehicles as well? I think with today's world of I want it right now, and if I order by 2 o'clock, I can have it today, that there really is no separation. There are just as many A-class driver needs for local and and regional now Because of the localized and expedited freight for Buy It Right Now, Amazon has fundamentally changed the world in that regard. Of course, over-the-road truck drivers are the lifeblood of America, but we need just as many A-class drivers in the local and regional routes. And let's not discount Class B drivers for this. A lot of folks are relocating in this market. A lot of folks are changing the state that they live in, and that means moving vans, and that means moving trucks, and that means repair services and home remodeling and construction and concrete trucks and waste management trucks. And we've trained all class of drivers, so we have just as high of a demand for Class B as we do for Class A drivers. 
Let's talk about causes. Is it true? There is definitely a perception out there. It's been said many times. Drivers are paid very low wages and they have very poor working conditions. Is that true? I think in every industry, there are employers who don't recognize that their team members are their greatest asset. And the logistics industry is no different. Of course, there are employers out there who don't give much thought to the conditions of their drivers or their compensation. I don't find that to be the case with the majority of the companies. And I think the companies, I know the companies that we're working with go to great lengths to reduce their attrition. Our corporate partners and over-the-road carriers and even B-class drivers go to great lengths to provide compensation and benefits and environments where people can have a work-life balance. I take a lot of heat online for telling people the truth, and the truth is in the state of Florida, the average salary for a Class A driver is $78,000 a year. I get folks calling our office and telling us me all the time that that's not true, and it, and it is true, and I, and I can validate those numbers. It's easy to pull those numbers down. But in Florida, where we live here, compensations are going up. They're on the rise. We see entry-level drivers making sixty dollars to $65,000. We see local and regional routes for spirits delivery and beer and food products hitting the seventy-five dollars and $80,000 number right as an entry-level driver. Now, part of this is part of the inflation environment that we live in, but, and wages are catching up to that. But the other part of it is the simple supply and demand. There's such demand for drivers that companies are really outbidding one another. And that's good news for drivers. It means wages are on the rise. So other factors then. I mean, you point out that there's strong demand for services, which means we need a lot of drivers. But what are some of the other factors that have affected this driver shortage that's been going on now for many years? I think there's a narrative. What we see here, so we're in the bottleneck, Roberts. We stand as a truck driving school between the aspiring driver and the employer. And we really see what's happening and have our finger on the pulse of that bottleneck between the two. And what we hear from most of our students is that they never considered driving as a career because there was a narrative that it, it was for low-wage or low-skill individuals. And nothing could be further from the truth. I, I think any driver knows the skill that's required and knows that it, it takes a lot of training and it takes a lot of time to learn, and, and lifetime drivers are still learning, and their compensation is on the rise accordingly. I think we didn't control that narrative appropriately in the past. I'm 48 years old, and when I was in high school, there was just this expectation that you're supposed to go to college and get a job. And, you know, work for 25 years and get a gold watch and real trades, real skilled trades, right? Truck drivers, electricians, masons, plumbers, all of these guys are in high need because that narrative really didn't properly convey what the opportunity was. And, and now I think that opportunity is catching up and people are becoming aware because of the new cycle and the demand that you can make a really great career out of being a driver. The narrative also is that the toughest sector to keep employment, keep steady employment, is the long haul, especially with uh, sleeper cabs, team drivers, because a lot of drivers supposedly don't want to be away from home that much. They want to be able to come home at the end of a workday. Isn't that indeed a, a challenge, though, to attract drivers for that type of work? I think it takes a special individual. And what we focus on here through our pre-hire program, where we match aspiring drivers to companies who are willing to sponsor their training is to match them with the type of role that they're looking for. We have carriers who have nothing but team drivers. We have carriers who say their drivers are home every day. So it, depending on your own personal preferences and your requirements for what you see in a career, we try to match them with those employers before they go through training so that they know they've got someone on the other side that's really consistent with what they're looking for. Of course, mm -hmm. every job isn't for every person, 
But uh, that's true for every industry. That, do, that doesn't make the trucking industry unique. There are people who work nights and weekends in the retail industry and in the hospitality industry, and some people just don't want to do that type of job. So the trucking industry isn't unique because of that. Tell me more about what you at Fleet Force are doing to recruit more commercial drivers. Well, we don't have a problem recruiting students. We're on a waiting list. We're not doing advertising, and we're not spending money on marketing. We have more students than we can fit on the track. But the number of students that we are training doesn't come nearly, not even close to meeting the demand of our corporate partners. I think I did the quick math on this earlier today prior to this, this conversation, and between the 20 or so odd carriers who recruit from Ring Eye ranks, there are about 2,000 available positions right now that they're trying to hire for. That's not growth jobs. That's pent-up demand. Those are open seats. Those are cabs with no driver, trucks with no driver. And they need those guys right now. So we're doing well because of the news cycle. We're on that waiting list, and we're trying hard to meet that demand by opening new locations. But it's not really making a dent in the demand for drivers. 1,200 drivers retire in America every week. That's 60,000 a year. It seems doubtful that we're licensing that many a year. So things are going to get worse before they get better. We haven't even talked about, of course, the most obvious issue, and that is the pandemic. How has that exacerbated? How has it affected the whole driver availability problem in the short run? No doubt about it. Well, fortunately, we were deemed an essential service by the governor. We only shut down for the two weeks back in March of 2020. We managed to push through and have some of the best months ever after that because so many people had been laid off from the initial shutdown for the pandemic. Fortunately, we're in a state that's very pro-business and, and very forward-thinking when it comes to making a balance between the needs of the pandemic and the, the needs of the, the average American citizen to provide for their family. So we've been busy ever since then making the accommodations on our track, going to the lengths that are necessary, like any conscientious adult would, to protect themselves and their family. And we've been able to endure the pandemic pretty well. And I think the numbers themselves from among our ranks have really been a testament to the lengths that we've gone to to keep everyone safe. Tell me about your new initiative with the Florida Trucking Association. What's that all about? The Florida Trucking Association is a very forward-thinking organization, which is really some of the best employers in the state who hire A-class and B-class drivers or members there. And during the summer last year at our conference, we had to say out loud what I really wish the rest of the nation would hear, and that is stealing each other's drivers is not solving this problem. And I don't know any other way to say it. I don't mean that harshly. I recognize everyone needs to have drivers, and they're going to do what they can to find drivers. But we're fishing in an ever-decreasing pond, a smaller and smaller pond every single week with existing drivers who are retiring. So if we don't focus on entry-level drivers, then we're not solving this problem. So what we did was we partnered with about 10 or 12 different carriers who agreed that if we brought them a candidate, who met every single requirement that they were looking for in a driver, except they had yet to be licensed, that they would mm -hmm. then say, we love that person, train them, send us an invoice. And they're, in effect, sponsoring the training for that individual. When we made this announcement on November 29th, I think was the date of the announcement of this program where you could get corporate sponsorship for your training, it took about two weeks for us to get 2,000 applications. As you can imagine, that was a, like drinking from a fire hose. But it, what it shows is that there are tens of thousands of people who would love to be in this industry who simply aren't capable of anteing up for the tuition requirements up front. A reimbursement program for your tuition that most carriers offer means nothing if they don't have the money up front. You've got to be able to ante up to have a seat at the table. 
And this really right, eliminates right. that step. So we've been inundated with applicants and we already have over a hundred candidates matched with employers in the first five or six weeks. So it's really taken off and we think it's going to be transcendent for the industry. How do you feel about 18-year-olds driving the big rigs as an opportunity to expand the pool I think of if, potential drivers? Absolutely. I think if you're old enough to die for this country in a desert in the Middle East, you're old enough to drive over the interstates. And then there's always this question of diversity, being able to draw from a larger pool of potential candidates, more women, uh, more people of color. I mean, are there efforts out there to do that? So we had a goal in 2021 of having 20% female enrollment, and we actually hit that number. We hit 22%. Our goal for this year is 25%, one in four, and we're doing very, I think we're going to do very well on that. The word is out that carriers like female drivers. They statistically cause fewer accidents. They stay in the job longer. They're cheaper to insure. There are a lot of really positive reasons to get a more balanced demographic within the industry. So I think it's important for women to know that this is a very viable career for them. From a minority perspective, the majority of our students are minorities here already. We already have a tremendous amount of very multicultural student base here. Being in Florida, you wouldn't expect anything less than that, of course. You talked about stealing drivers from one company to another. Is there also, I, I hear varying views about this, about whether or not certain industries are especially competitive as alternative careers for drivers, such as the construction industry, that when the housing market goes up, a lot of drivers leave it to get jobs in construction. Others say that isn't so much the case. Is it indeed the fact that there are these certain industries in which, in which employees can kind of freely go back and forth? I think that having a Class A license and the experience over the road gives you a tremendous amount of freedom. It's one of two industries in America where you could literally move to any city and have a job within 24 hours. The other is nursing. So I wouldn't expect anything less from individuals who like that autonomy and like that independence for them to find opportunities and, and seize them when the market presents them. If temporarily they, they move into another career, as long as their med card is kept up and they keep their license, then they can always go back to driving when they want. I don't think that that's causing the driver shortage. I give them kudos for taking opportunities when they arise, but I don't think that's what causes the 80,000 pent-up demand for drivers that we have right now in America. Also, I understand it's been said there's a need to fill 1.1 million commercial truck driving positions in the next 10 years. That's a big challenge. So how do you see the future trade? Are you optimistic that we're going to be able to get our arms around this problem, or are we going to be suffering from a severe driver shortage for the foreseeable future? So that number, 1.1 million, straight from the American Trucking Association site, 54% of that number is made up from retiring existing drivers. So that's what I said earlier when I said 60000 a year, 1200 a week are existing drivers retiring that need to be replaced. The other 46% is comprised of growth for the industry itself. To put that into perspective, that means we have to license 350 new drivers, brand new drivers, every day for 10 years in a row to meet that number. And to answer your question, no, we're not going to hit that number. We're not. I don't think we have the influx right now. I think we're making some headway and we're not losing ground as quickly as we once were. We are still losing ground and it would be nice within the next year or so as the industry has really caught fire among those who are looking for a different career or, or their first career for us to actually stop losing ground and start making a dent on the need in the opposite direction. But it will certainly become more challenging before it starts getting better. Well, pay is always an issue. And as you point out, there are some well-compensated drivers out there. So how else can you make this a more attractive job for young people <clears throat> coming out of school and looking for a good career? What else can you do 
to attract them to a career in truck driving? So we have some employers who recruit from among our ranks who give those individuals the freedom to choose their days, to decide when they want to be home, to have a significant say in the routes that they're pulling. And the, the younger generation likes that freedom. They like that autonomy. And attracting them in in sufficient volume would give most companies the ability to provide that input for them on that side. And I think that's really important. Historically speaking, there are individuals who would say, oh, I was told where to go and when to be there and what to do. And I never got to choose when I could be home. And, and I think that the industry has recognized that that is a recipe for disaster. You're just not going to attract people, especially after COVID, when we all sort of had our barometer adjusted for what a balance between work and life looks like. And people were maybe starting to appreciate time with their family a little bit more. So we're seeing a tremendous increase in that freedom and autonomy. I'm even seeing increases in concierge services. Driver managers are, are having a lower ratio now, uh, not as many drivers that they're assisting over the road at the same time. And they're able to give a, a higher quality of care to those drivers. And they're giving some pretty amazing services. We have an employer who we work very close with here. They told me a story about a driver got the call, their babysitter couldn't show up, and he had already left, and his wife had to go to work as well. So that concierge service and that driver manager cost to help them find a babysitter. I mean, they're almost part of your family. Mm. And that kind of recognition in what's most important, because of course family is most important, I think is really driving people to the employers who are very forward thinking and that are the tip of the spear in this industry. Trey Williams of Fleet Force, I want to thank you so much for painting a picture for us of the current trucking shortage, some possible solutions and what it might look like down the line. Thank you very much for being with me today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was my conversation with Trey Williams of Fleet Force Truck Driving School, talking about solutions to the truck driver shortage. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast. We're streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. And also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time. <laughs>